From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. You know we love our singer-songwriters here on Highway 89, and today in Studio 6, Glenn Phillips, vocals, guitar. He is a lifelong singer-songwriter. In fact, his website simply states, I make music. And I think that's nothing could be truer. His band, Toad the Wet Sprocket, signed with Columbia Records when he was 15. He's been leading the life of a professional musician ever since. He's currently on tour for his brand-new album, Swallowed by the New, And although he's released several solo albums over his musical career, something about this one seems like a new chapter. We'll talk about the album, and today he'll perform music from the album live in studio, and we'll end the show with a performance of All I Want from the Toad the Wet Sprockets album Fear, which went certified platinum within three years of its release. 25th anniversary of the album this year, so the band has been touring for that too. Here is Glenn Phillips kicking us off with Grief and Praise. High sisters in the circle, children of mine, humble my heart, sharpen my mind. Though scattered and wearied, changes upon us, we are bound till the end. Still a family, I promise. The wall that you love will be taken someday by the angel of death or the servants of change in a flood water tide without rancor or rage sing loud while you're able in grief and in praise So many years we swam into the tide And we would not abandon heroic and kind Shared our sweat and our shelter Our bodies and blood Godspeed and good fortune I will miss you, my love For all you hold dear will be taken someday In a flood water tide without rancor or rage Sing loud while you're able In grief and in praise Now we meet at the well of sorrow Dug down to the heart of the earth to be joined at its source to the spring of hope. Drink deep while you can. Give thanks for your thirst.
change in a flood water tide without rancor or rage. Sing loud while you're able in grief and in praise. Sing loud while you're able in grief and in Praise. Grief and Praise. We're live in Studio 6 talking today with singer-songwriter Glenn Phillips. He's touring with a brand new album called Swallowed by the New and also a 25th anniversary of the album Fear with Toad the Wet Sprocket. The internet has led us astray. Eight, 18, you said, when you were signed. 18 when we were signed, 15 when the band got together, when got I started to. writing with Toad. So you just have always had this songwriting influence or impulse? Um, Not really. I mean, I I always had the creative pull. I was a theater kid in, I I thought I was going to be a drama teacher when I was in high Uh school. Um, And uh, then the met Todd and we started a band and the one place that would let us play in Santa Barbara wouldn't pay their ASCAP or BMI dues so they wouldn't pay for licensing for cover songs so you could only play original material <laughs> you had to do it and so we had to write original material and that ended up yeah that ended up changing the create you know where my creative focus was well I think it's so interesting we're kicking off this show with the song that we read was the last one you wrote for the new album mm-hmm. and that you said you put everything you hadn't said into this song so what was the feeling there was something incomplete or well it's a uh, i was uh divorced after a 25 year relationship and that, that split up we separated about two years ago and um i oh there were a bunch of things that were going on in that it's uh i was determined to try to go through it with an open heart and to not go through it casting blame and uh, creating separations. And at the same time, uh, you know, you're mourning, you know, it's like you're all your yeah. dreams for what the rest of your life might be like. Suddenly they don't apply anymore, right? They're, uh, so it's a death of sorts. A uh, good thing about a death is that it's an opportunity for a rebirth. And I saw pretty starkly... Uh, and I think knowing my own tendency for depression, that uh, I was either going to go a really dark path or really fight for a lighter path. Mm. And so uh, I was trying not to write a breakup album and was in a <laughs> songwriting group uh, with this guy, Matt, the electrician, where he would send out a title every week. And then a bunch of songwriters would write a song with that title, just an exercise. And the titles were Leaving Old Town and uh, Reconstructing the Diary and My Criminal Career and uh, The Shortest Dream. And they, they just so I started writing breakup songs because I had breakup titles. <laughs> and uh, my joke these days is it went from breakup to wake up. And so it's kind of it's about the process the original songs on the record were more about loss, more about regret, more about loss of home. And, and um, as it progressed, the album got much more into um, awareness, mindfulness, personal mm. responsibility, uh, acceptance of change instead of being crushed by it. And so this song, uh, it was two things. Part of it was I wanted to say something directly to both my kids and my former wife uh and yeah in no uncertain terms give them gratitude 
Uh, and also there was a, a talk by this guy, Martin Prechtel, who's a, a Mayan shaman, and he talks about, uh, in the Mayan language, grief and praise being the same word, and that they are uh, both about the kind of public expression, the outward expression of love in the face of inevitable loss. Mm. Um, because it is In the face of mortality, yeah. It is. Um, ultimately, it all is. And well, so, but the, the, the main thing is that in, in the Mayan language, so grief is praising the things you love and have lost, and praise is grieving the things you love and will lose. But they're the same expression. And that blew my mind for enough yeah. months that I felt like that needed to make the record. Show up in a song. Yeah. Well, there were a few <laughs> lines that I loved. Uh, the one in the bridge about uh, the well of sorrow dug down to the heart of the earth where it joins with the source of the spring of hope. Mm-hmm. That they do connect. I love that. Yeah, and that was this last image that I felt. It was funny because I felt like I was kind of, you know, cramming it felt like you know there was this vw bug of the last song and i was trying to cram <laughs> as, as many people as possible into it uh but i mean the funny thing about it was written the third night of recording the record and i wrote it in one night and we recorded it the next day and so it's as crammed vw bugs go it works but it was this other image that i mean it's the thing about vulnerability is Vulnerability is dynamic range, so you don't get to feel more joy and more love without feeling more sadness and heartache. You gotta kind of feel it all. In the last few days, my my metaphor for that is like, and then ultimately with that increased perception, um, is how to take that increased bandwidth and kind of to have enough mindfulness or objectivity that you can experience the fullness of it but not be injured by it. It's kind of the next step in there thinking of like dogs we were we were driving on the freeway that just a couple days ago and there was this really happy dog in the back of a truck and somehow you know my friend john was like god wouldn't it be awful to be a dog you know to smell so much and then i was like yeah then again on the other hand like it's not assaultive to them like they're really into like oh a fresh corpse <laughs> like smell the rot yum hey is that dung like <laughs> It's not like they smell way more than we do. And it's kind of like, you know, they're the women who have an extra cone in their eyes so they can perceive more colors. It's Uh like this rare genetic thing where there's an extra cone. And so they get all these extra shades of color that most people can't see. And it's not like they're assaulted by it. They just perceive more. And to some degree, that increased vulnerability and that increased dynamic range, like the more sorrow, the more pain, doesn't have to be injurious. Yeah. Uh, You can learn to withstand it. You can learn to... Uh, accept it. And the way you describe it, I almost picture as there's this straight line, the baseline, and then there's a sine wave going up and down. And if you happen to be down, pretty down, it might be encouraging to know that you could, you'll have the ability to get pretty up too. Yeah, to you have the out. ability to do all of that. Uh, we have a lot of habits that can keep us on, uh, particularly on uh-huh. the dark side. Um, but uh, there's a poet david white who i got really into in the last few years and i mean he talks about you know heartache is the inevitable consequence of love and that we keep keep convincing ourselves that it's possible to love deeply without heartache and you know you only need to look as far as your kids you know we were just even talking on the way up to go like if you have children like they're gonna grow up happy happy and healthy uh-huh and that will devastate your heart, right? <laughs> All you need is for everything to go right and your heart gets broken if you're actually engaged and in love. So, um, 
And I mean, I think there's a difference between injury and pain, and mm. there's a difference between you know, uh, you know, torment and heartache. They're different things. But uh, once again, yeah, if dynamic range is dynamic range, I don't think you get to choose to only let in the fun stuff. Well, this song that that you're going to do for us, the easy ones, I think that's actually kind of a lead into that because it, it's it's permitting yourself to do more than just the, what you perceive as the easy, to love the easy ones. Yeah, and that was written, um, actually, there, it was another prompt. It was uh, from a book club, uh, and, you know, I can like see I need to join more clubs. clubs. <laughs> I guess so. They're, they're really helpful. Uh, the, but this was a, a thing. It started in Brooklyn, and there was a chapter in Santa Barbara for a little bit, and um, the book on my month was uh, The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama, and he talks about Tonglen practice, which is this, um, it's a loving kindness practice, but the, the basis of it is, you know, kind of practicing extending your compassion and that you start uh, with people who make you comfortable and they make you feel good about yourself. And those are really easy to love, right? Uh -huh. And you just, in this meditative practice, you then expand it to the people who are slightly pricklier. Uh, who you might not want to see every day, but you're really fond of the bless your heart kind of people. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, you move, uh, and then you move out to the people who are really difficult to understand, who kind of require the limits of your compassion to let in. And, mm. um, you know, for me, this song I think is the most on either side of the aisle, and I don't think there's even only two sides to the aisle at this point. I think it's a complicated political time. Uh, but, yeah, to me it strikes me as the most important thing right now is reminding people that uh, those who didn't perhaps vote the way they did were probably being swayed by what they thought was best for uh, best for the most number of people, whether... It's a different argument as to whether some of some of those thoughts might have been ignorant or had un, unquestioned bigotry behind them, but uh, I think worth everybody on either side trying to understand the other. And I think it's like the the fatal flaw of like where we're at in a country and where our, our lack of conversation now is the inability to even ask what the motivations of people who yeah. don't think the way you do without are. assuming we've lost that entirely. And that, that to me is like the greatest loss of something that was at the core of America. Uh, you know, that's this country was built on diff strongly differing opinions by people who could also imagine themselves into the point of view of their opponent. Well, let's hear this. This is the easy ones. This is not only a singer-songwriter. We're giving you free national political therapy here. <laughs> so the song... It's called The Easy Ones. This is from the brand new album called Swallowed by the New Glenn Phillips Vocals and Guitar Live here in Studio Six. And I didn't spill my water, thank goodness. You can't just love the easy ones. You can't just love the easy ones You gotta let them in When you'd rather just run You can't just love the easy ones You can't just play the simple songs You 
can't just play the simple songs Gotta knuckle down till your fingers are raw You can't just play the simple songs When I can't face the ones I fear It'll all become clear Oh, when I embrace The ones I feel It'll all become clear You can't just walk The shortest road You can't just walk the shortest road You gotta straighten your back Meet the heaviest load You can't just walk The shortest road When I can't face The ones I fear It'll all become clear Oh, when I embrace the ones I fear, it'll all become clear. For all the suffering souls beside me, I pray love will guide. I pray love will guide me home You can't just love the easy ones You can't just love the easy ones You gotta let them in deep When you'd rather just run You can't just love the easy ones The Easy Ones, singer-songwriter Glenn Phillips in studio with us. So fun to, to hear their, kind of the impetus of this, what, you, what you'll take with the prompt that could inspire any number of different songs. Really cool. Uh, he's touring with his solo album, Swall Swallowed by the New, also touring with the, his band Toad the Wet Sprocket, their 25th anniversary of their platinum record, Fear. You post all your lyrics on your website so people like us can find them and enjoy them. Uh, it's cheaper than printing them on the CD. <laughs> <laughs> it saves printing costs. I love that. But one thing that we see coming through, just a little bit of a theme here and there, is anything from oceans to tides. They show up a lot in your songs. Mm -hmm. You're a California guy. And so just aside from even met metaphors and songwriting images, what was the ocean to you growing up? Well, um, the ocean was <laughs> up until I think it was around 1979 or 78. Like, so I was born in 70. When I was a little kid, I mean, that was just where you'd go, you know, most weekends. Uh -huh. uh, spent a lot of time at the beach, a lot of time in the ocean. And some idiot, uh, I'm insulting my parents. I'm disrespecting my parents right now. <laughs> For some reason, they let me watch Jaws when it came out. <laughs> and at kind of room, I used to swim out to the buoy like when I was eight. You uh -huh. know, I was I was a 
big into being in the water. Jaws completely cured me of any desire to be in anything where I couldn't see where my feet were. That's kind and, of sad, actually. Oh, even then, I would go to the pool at my grandma's, you know, little retirement community, and if I closed my eyes, I would see sharks, like, squirting out of the drain. I had to have my eyes, you know, with the terrible chlorine, like, my eyes just itching like crazy because I couldn't go underwater without my eyes open. So up until that point... Um, yeah, there was a lot of beach. You can go on for grunion runs. I mean, Santa Barbara oh. is a beautiful place to be because you're always, you know, 10 minutes from the beach, 10 minutes from the mountains. Mm-hmm. Well, we just find so many different places, mm-hmm. uh, so many images, just metaphors, everything from the song Walk on the Ocean, but just the tides coming. And it's, Well, it's like the universal solvent, right? Water is... Uh, <laughs> Water is slow and patient and powerful. The ocean is deep and unknowable. It's humbling. It's uh-huh. vast. Uh, but it's also uh, tactile in a way that the sky isn't, right? I mean, mm. the wind can kind of blow on you, but the the ocean you can dive into, you can kind of interact with its depths in a more frightening way. The ocean is a little more like outer space in that respect. Uh, it's hostile. Uh, or not hostile, but it's not necessarily an inviting bosom. You can't breathe in there. I will, I will rest here under the water. If you rest under the water, you're making a commitment. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's it's pretty ripe for a lot of uh, a lot of metaphors. Well, of course, and we're trying to lead into this song "Go," which has this great lighthouse image, mm-hmm. but again, used in a totally original way. I'm really excited. I actually to hear stole this. it from a podcast, and I, I need to find the episode because even the episode of the podcast I listened to, they said it was produced by a different radio production group. Um, it might have been Strangers, I think, was possibly the podcast. Um, what's his Leah Tao, I think her name is. But uh, it was this little audio montage piece of um, people talking about breakups and. Uh, uh, this idea of the lighthouse as the thing that says, I love you, not I, uh, whereas everything else says, I love you, come closer. Mm-hmm. The lighthouse is this thing that says, I love you so much. You need to be way over there. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away. Stay away. Yeah. Uh, but that it can ultimately be really loving. I mean, I think that one of the biggest, you know, changes in my life, you know, after um, going through divorce and going through the loss of so much identity and so much I'd taken for granted uh, and having to actually uh, reclaim my life, my own to ask what I wanted out of life, which I still don't entirely know how to do Um, but to you know I remember it was like this January so it was a little over a year, year and a half since we broke up, but calling and thanking her and saying like I'm so happy i didn't know that i didn't i could scarcely believe that this could be the result i kind of had to act on faith Mm. but um that i was significantly happier than i'd been in years and years that i i wouldn't have called it you know i wouldn't have been the one i i'm more i think capable of uh, quiet desperation than she is and she was able to know it wasn't serving either of us and be brave enough to say that and I realize not every marriage ends in that way, uh, I think. And a lot of times, even if it doesn't end that way, 
you know, if somebody's having an affair or doing something that they're doing a wedge because they don't know of any other way to identify what's actually going on, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't be direct and just say, this is no longer serving us. They, they do something out of, they go into a fugue state and do something out of character that nobody understands, but that it succeeds in breaking up the marriage. And she was brave enough to actually go straight in and keep it loving. And, uh, and uh, it was amazing when I found myself, rather than just feeling the hurt of what I'd lost, be able to go, wow, I've actually gained gained more than I could have imagined and to be grateful for it. So, Well, let's hear this. Yeah. The song with the lighthouse image. We're going to hear a song called Go. Okay. You can hear this on Glenn Phillips' brand new album and it's Swallowed by the New. Love, your head is down, your eyes are on the floor No matter what we give, it leaves us wanting more And you, you know which way to go For all the empty hours and restless afternoons for all the faded flowers and dreams we spoke too soon And you, you know which way to go But there's no harbor here, there's only danger near Cliffs above and rocks below and though I want you close This light can only glow To warn you far away from shore Saying I love you Now go the bay and the beacon of the tower lights the way so you you know which way to go I won't have another wreck upon my watch but I can't tell you what to do way go But there's no harbor here There's only danger near Cliffs above and rocks below I don't want to waste your time This light can only shine To warn you far away 
I'm still dreaming of your eyes, your mouth, your touch. But I won't have another wreck upon my watch. And you, you know which way to go. Let's go. Glenn Phillips performing live here in Studio 6 from his album Swallowed by the New, brand new album he's touring with right now. Glenn, we heard about, I guess we'd have to say a super fan, Amy Ginsberg, a longtime fan of your band and your music. She's been known to travel <laughs> to get to different concerts, but she was the executive director of the Southwest Florida Symphony and connected you with this whole orchestral event. Your music performed with about 48 musicians that must have been such an, a different experience being with the symphony orchestra. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, uh, I love what you wrote about something about that there is a crude power to cranking up the amps with rock and roll, but there was something. What was the something different with the symphony? Well, I mean, number one, it's entirely physical, right? It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, your vibe. I mean, essentially turning an up an amp is is physical but there's this electronic middleman uh -huh. uh, you know you're dealing with tubes and amplifiers I mean it comes down to moving air particles but uh, the fact that it's just you know strings and wind and uh, things all happening at this mechanical level creating such a huge amount of sound and that it's such a great you know a huge machine 40 people working mm. together not you know it's 10 times as many people um, putting that sound out there into the world and working together. Um, so it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, nothing quite like it. And as far as the arrangements, we were reading uh, Tim Behrens did the orchestral arrangement, arrangements, but you told him to feel free to abandon some of the band arrangements and do what an orchestra does, I guess. Yeah, there, there's a tendency in Pops arrangement, and it's an interesting thing because uh, the classical world feels that... Uh, often that people outside the classical world don't understand what they do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that even comes with a, a bit of uh, snobbery, right? A sense that uh, if you're not, the classical music is more sophistication, uh, uh, is sophisticated, and that uh, those who don't appreciate it as much have a lack of sophistication. And uh, there can be, you know, similar, I mean, I've seen it in rock music as well. If you, you know, I've seen punks who are like, if you're not exclusively into punk music, then obviously uh, you're weak in a certain <laughs> way. Or if you're not into whatever my genre is, you don't get it because of a personal fault rather than personal taste. Mm. Um, and so, and they want to reach a younger audience and a more pop oriented audience because. I mean, the problem with orca orchestras across the country is that their uh, their user base is getting old. And so they're wanting to bring other people in and expose people to the orchestra. And the question is, how do right. you do that in a way um, <clears throat> that doesn't leave them entirely behind? Because there is, you do want programs to be inviting. You also don't want programs to be children's music. You know, you don't want it to be Flight of the Bumblebee, and you don't want an audience to sit there and go, hey, man, I got this one in fourth grade. <laughs> I'm like, and nothing wrong. I like, <laughs> it's a great piece, but uh, it's... That's a good party trick, by the way. You. Oh, the Flight <laughs> of the Bumblebee mouth trumpet? It, it does me well. But uh, it's... 
So it, it, there's this, you know, sweet spot in mm. understanding people's pop background, uh, understanding, uh, you know, the classical music. But I mean, I was encouraging them both on the classical program and with the arrangements of my song is to uh, to have faith in the audience's ability to travel with you, to go well, rather than going, oh, I'm seeing rock band plus orchestra, the rock band, and, and most pop arrangements are the band is just enclosed in this bubble in the middle and they're doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. And then you're trying to fit this 40 piece orchestra kind of gently around them like a sweater. And that 40 piece orchestra I felt should be the driving engine, mm. right? I mean, the song at the center, but why take the drums and the bass? Why always have it start drums, bass and guitar and then try to fit everything around there? Why not have the orchestra, which is the purpose of this, be the primary driver and Were the you orchestra surprised can by what things. they came up with yeah and i mean it was even a, it was a hybrid there were points on singles particularly where they felt like they wanted to be more cautious mm -hmm. and stick to something closer to the original arrangement but i was saying man reharmonize like rearrange take it mm -hmm. where you want because you why waste you know, it's like having, I don't know, you know, having some sports car and only driving the speed limit. It seems a waste. And uh, and once again, I wanted to give the audience the opportunity to challenge themselves and move forward. And I wanted to give them the invitation for me as the artist, as the director and as, yeah. you know, the conductor and the arranger to be braver and do something they want. Because they also know... I mean, it's another thing about pop arrangements is when people are doing it in this safe way, players can't stand it. They look at it and they're like, oh God, pop's arrangements. I don't even need to look at it before I go. Whole notes, half notes. Whole notes, half notes. And they even, like, they won't even look at it before they uh, show up. <laughs> uh, and I noticed when I was doing this thing with a Canadian ensemble, the Art of Time ensemble, and we were doing... Um, it was Sgt. Pepper's, but it was all these Canadian composers and arrangers. So it was like nine different arrangers. And they were these wild arrangements. And people were showing up and they were like, oh, Sgt. Pepper's. And uh, when we finally, when we got to a rehearsal or two, you would just see their eyes open in this panic because there were, you know, all these... Uh, you know, intense counter rhythms. We had sevens over fours, over fives, mm. over threes at the same time. I mean, these like serious time blanket, like really difficult stuff to play, harmonically really bizarre stuff. These arrangers were really pushing the edges. And it was amazing seeing sheer panic go into like, yeah, as far as, <laughs> I know, to actually as, far as play. the players go. I get challenged. Use I got to work chops. for this. And, uh, and so I wanted, because I also know this performance is not just about me. It's like you want the people in the orchestra to actually get woken up and enjoy their job because that's going to make it better too. So. Well, we sort of apologize. We forgot to invite 48 people to accompany you on this next song, right. which would be cool. But I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work with uh, – this will still be sort of a, a new twist for lots of folks who've heard uh, the radio the famous version to hear this uh, stripped down version which I'm excited to hear this is All I Want Nothing so loud Searing when we lie Truth is not kind 
you said neither mind The air outside so soft Saying everything Everything All I want is to feel this way Be this close Feel the same All I want is to feel this way Evening speaks Feel it say So cold, it's closing the heart, and all we need is to free the soul. We wouldn't be that brave, I know. The air outside so soft, confessing everything, everything. All I want is to feel this way, be this close, feel the same. All I want is to feel this way, evening speaks, feel it say. from Studio 6, Glenn Phillips singing to us All I Want. He is currently on a national tour for his new album, Swallowed by the New. More information about his upcoming concerts, projects is online at glennphillips.com. Uh, we're so glad you came in. Nice to have someone. You're an interesting guy to talk to. Very yeah. articulate, not just in the music. Very cool. If you're listening at home, if you only caught part of the show or want to hear more, share it with someone. It's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. And follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our film assistant is Abby Vance. And the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>